How's it going, everybody? Aloha and welcome back to the Brick House for another edition of Bo's Football Final here at KHON2.com and anywhere you download podcasts. I'm your host, Rob DeMello, and joining me today, we got the same group that was here last week because we got we to gotta go full circle with this bad boy of this crazy, crazy week of University of Hawaii football coverage. We got KHON2.com. Digital's Christian Shimabuku. We got former University of Hawaii offensive lineman RJ Hollis. And we got KHON2 News weekend anchor Sam Spangler. And guys, what a wild ride it has been. Uh, drama has seemed to follow the University of Hawaii football program for quite some time now. And it did not disappoint yet again. As we've described many times that covering the University of Hawaii football team uh, it, it almost feels like you're you're a host and a reporter of Inside Edition as opposed to being a sports reporter at, at this point. And uh, it's like a, a series, a, a mini series on HBO that just gets a new episode every other day. And it's the Game of Thrones without the nudity, thankfully. And it is Rainbow Warrior football here in the Aloha State. But the big news is that Timmy Chang, former University of Hawaii quarterback, St. Louis star, born and raised, has been selected as the 25th head coach in University of Hawaii football history. It was announced on Saturday, and of course, it came on the heels of a ton of drama, uh, just just swirling drama between the University of Hawaii and former University of Hawaii head coach June Jones with their negotiations or lack thereof. And so we have so much to talk about here today, uh, but let's start at the front of it, and that is that the University of Hawaii does have a new football coach. Last week, Sunday, this was a name that we discussed. This was a name that we talked about that could be a possibility. Timmy Chang, who over the last decade has been in college coaching, has been an offensive coordinator at Jackson State and Emory and Henry before coaching at Nevada, uh, tight ends and receivers over the last five years. He had just taken a job at Colorado State as a receivers coach following his head coach at Nevada, Jay Norvell. But here he comes to the University of Hawaii for his first head coaching job. I'm going to start with you, RJ, uh, your instant reaction, the knee-jerk reaction to Timmy Chang being the new head coach to the University of Hawaii. Um, Based off of everything you said and everything that's been surrounding it, I think that was a great pickup. I think based off the criteria that a lot of fans wanted, that a lot of people that were looking for outside of June Jones and Rich Miano and those common names, I mean, he hits them all. He, he's a local boy, born and raised, played for the University of Hawaii, set records at the University of Hawaii, and does have a tenured coaching career. It may not be coordinated, there may not be no HC attached to it, but this is definitely a, a really great pickup, especially when you look at just what people have been yearning for and having a connection with the island, having an understanding of the culture and having an ultimate appreciation for the University of Hawaii. I think this was a very good pickup at Timmy Chang. He still has a lot to prove and he's going to have a lot to prove. There's going to be a lot of eyes on him, but I do think for what the University of Hawaii needed to fulfill in the qualifications of their head coach, I think Timmy Chang was at one hell of a candidate 
candidate, and I'm very excited to see what he's going to bring to this program. Sam Spangler, your thoughts on Timmy Chang obviously comes here in experience from a head coaching standpoint, but maybe more experienced than any other candidate as far as having played at UH, having succeeded at UH, having failed at UH, right? Having gone through all the things that he went through as a player and understanding what University of Hawaii football is all about, understanding the culture. I mean, and that seemed to be such an important uh, you know, on the important thing on the checklist of what this next head coaching hire had to accomplish. We had talked about in our previous episode how important it was for this hire to be made within the family, just given the, uh, <clears throat> the controversy that surrounded Todd Graham and just where the program was at, not only with Coach Graham, but with the stadium situation, um, with the, the fan support that, that we've seen due to covid uh, it, it was in a tough spot. So bringing back somebody like Timmy, who the University of Hawaii has a, a deep, deep relationship with, right? This is one of the, the great players really in, in college football history. With the, You look at the records he set, um, but, but especially University of Hawaii history and coming from St. Louis, having those connections, uh, being a, a local boy, a, a Mililani kid. Um, it, it really is with within the family. Now, I think the, the questions that will need to be answered in the future is, you know, what what kind of staff? Is he going to be uh, funded to bring in and what kind of experience is he going to be uh, bringing in to surround himself, to, to set himself up for success, being that he doesn't have any experience as a head coach, but there are other ways that you can mitigate that. So um, yet to be seen what kind of staff he's going to build around him, but I think that'll be a very important piece moving forward. Christian, what intrigues you the most about Timmy Chang being the head coach at the University of Hawaii football team? Um, it's hard to pick one, but um... You know, I think the RJ made a great point yesterday is that, um, you know, this is pretty similar to the to the Nick Rolovich hire um, in 2015. Um, this is a former um, UH quarterback who is going to be a head coach for the first time, um, you know, after having experience, um, you know, at Nevada and at Colorado State. But uh, I think uh, what intrigues me is that, um, you know, he is a pretty young coach and he is relatively uh, new to this profession because he you know, played for a portion of his 20s uh, in the pros. So I think this is an opportunity for him and the university uh, to kind of grow together. You know, the program is a blank canvas with um, kind of an empty roster and uh, an empty stadium in a way. So for Timmy Chain to have this job, um, I think it is an opportunity for him to grow. And I think another intriguing part is um, the recruiting aspect of it, because he's someone who, um, as a star at St. Louis, chose to go to UH over a handful of, you know, Pac-10 offers, as it was known at the time, uh, Washington, Cal, Utah, I think. So he's someone who can direct, um, directly relate to these kids and say, I chose Hawaii over these offers. Here's what it's done for me. Here's what I can do for you. Yeah, and, you know, and I, and I think uh, RJ, Christian, you guys both bring up good points that, you know, if you are a University of Hawaii quarterback and you want to get into coaching, I highly suggest you go be an assistant at Nevada because I guarantee you, you will then get the University of Hawaii head football coaching job. It's just, it's in, it's, it's etched in stone. So, I mean, Chevin Cordero, whoever, you know, whoever you are, Cole McDonald, you want to go and be a coach at UH one day, go get your gig started at Nevada and, and just let the, the chips fall where they may. Um, so Sam, I want to, I want to go back to you. You know, when Christian was just talking about recruiting, I know you having known you for so many years and working together with you, you are obsessed 
with college football recruiting? I mean, on your free time, you're you're studying the landscape of college football and just seeing where the top prospects are going, and especially here in the state of Hawaii. And so um, how interested are you in what Timmy Chang may be able to accomplish as a recruiter here at the University of Hawaii? And we talked a little bit about it last week, and Christian brought it up just now about you know, it, it's not only talking the talk, it's walking the walk. No recruiter in UH history has ever been able to say, hey, turn down all these big offers and come and play for the home team. I did it too. You know, it's not just, it's not just hearsay, right? I mean, the, the closest thing you had to, to that was when Norm Chow came here and his message was, hey, I got all these Hawaii kids to not go to Hawaii so I could get them to stay at Hawaii, right? I mean, this is a little different where Timmy's saying that, hey, I can get these kids to stay home because I stayed home. How, how interested are you to see how that plays out, Sam? Yeah, I think that'll be fascinating. And I think that his age, what, while it might play against him as far as experience goes, I think this is what will play for him as far as recruiting goes, because he's going to be able to build those relationships. He's going to be able to relate to a lot of these players. And the fact that he's been recruiting within this conference, I think gives him a, a big leg up because he's building those relationships while he's at Nevada, while he's at you know the, the short, brief time at Colorado State. So I think that'll be a huge advantage for him and something that obviously with the roster being the way it is, he's going to have to hit the ground running. Now, does that mean that he's going to bring in, you know, if there's another Tua Tongo Vailoa type prospect, is he going to turn down Alabama to come to UH? Most likely not. But it's all about the development of his players to show that he can develop them to, to get where they want to go, right? All these kids want to go to the National Football League. So if you put a couple of kids in the league, that's a, that's a huge leap forward. But it's also about, okay, so you come in, I can I can groom you. You can you can become a, a prospect, um, but also you have a, a empty roster where you have a lot of playing time, and that's what a lot of kids also look towards, right? So you're going to see it in this next recruiting class, not the class of 2022. Signing day is only what a few days away now. That's February 2nd, but the class of 2023, you can sell playing time, and that's a big point of emphasis for a lot of coaches that come in new is that they can sell playing time. And not only to the, the high school kids, but also kids out of the transfer portal, right? You have local boys that a lot of times, they go away for a couple of years, they experience it, but they want to come back home because they realize that a lot of places aren't as good as living in Hawaii, right? But you got to be a way to, to recognize that. So I think that he can hit the transfer portal, maybe get some of the local boys back home to join him with the, the, the new marketing tool of the brotherhood, right? Which is another good tool, another good recruiting hashtag that they can use. You, you know, there... I think anyone that follows the University of Hawaii, you know, and whether you're a fan, whether you're a me member of the media, you know, a player, an alumni, you can say that like things haven't lined up for the University of Hawaii, right? Anytime there's a step forward, there's two steps back. And, and that just seemed to be, uh, you know, what has happened for the University of Hawaii. And you could even chalk up this situation, right? Where the drama that led to Timmy Chang being named the head coach. Now, if we, when we were discussing on Sunday uh, about who could be the next guy, if Timmy Chang was announced that day, so a week ago today, if Timmy Chang was announced as the head coach, I think there would have been a very different response, a very different uh, feel to everything because it would have just been like, okay, Todd Graham is no longer the coach. Who can return Hawaii to what Hawaii is all about? Timmy Chang is the new coach. And I think that would have been celebrated by many, right? But how it got there uh, didn't allow that to happen. And I think even some that are happy to see Timmy Chang as the head coach might not be happy with how you got to that point. There's one thing that is happening right now, though, and, and, and Sam, you, uh, you alluded to it, 
is that kind of organic campaign of brotherhood, which was started by players, right? And, that, and that's the whole interesting thing with this dynamic is that the players had felt that they had lost their passion. The players had felt that they had lost the culture. The, play, the players had felt that they had lost what makes Hawaii unique and what makes the University of Hawaii football program special and why they wanted to play for the University of Hawaii in, in the first place. And yet this, this organic campaign starts from the players and then it then goes and finds its way to the alumni. And this is before coach was named. This is one of those rare instances, especially over the recent memory of, of University of Hawaii football, where the stars align a little bit on this one. Because what says brotherhood more than someone that is a part of the brotherhood? And really one of the, the faces of University of Hawaii football over the last couple of decades. And so, RJ, do you feel that Yes, there's drama that, that led up to this, but with that being said, that this was the, the, the perfect selection in regards to how the players are feeling right now about being a Rainbow Warrior, about this brotherhood movement. I mean, and then really that's what it is, right? It's a movement. It's not even a marketing tool at this point. It, it's a movement. And, and then leading the charge now is someone that comes from within the brotherhood. Your, your thoughts, RJ? Uh, I, I would have to say it's probably one of the best things that Timmy Chang has going for him, being somebody that played his senior year for a former University of Hawaii football player. I can tell you that changed the whole culture of the locker room, just having somebody in there that could tell you stories about the Noah Lani Dorms, that could tell you stories about, you know, what they did back when they came through here, when they practice that TC Ching when they had to deal with the locker rooms that was metal and so hot that when they got out the shower and got back to their locker rooms, they were sweating again. You know, the no soap stories, the, the old June Jones stories, everything that gives these younger players something to look forward to and be like, Hey, you know what? I could do that. One thing I remember is telling everybody the story after I graduated of when Nick Rolovich called me and said, RJ, do you want to dress up as a ringmaster? I looked at my phone like, bro, what? What are you talking? Do I want to dress up as a ringmaster? No, I do not. He explained it as being a marketing strategy for the spring game in 2019, where it was going to be circus themed. He explains to me all these ideas that he's got in his head, and it dawns on me this man really just loves his school. He really has a passion for what he's doing and what he's doing now. And I think when Timmy Chang gets into that locker room, when he gets into his player psyche, they'll see. This guy did this before me. He played 20 years ago, and now he's back here leading the charge. That gives them the idea of something that they could do. That gives them the belief that they could be the next Timmy Chang. If not, they could be a part of the greatness of the Timmy Chang era. So to me, once you see a guy that walked the mile before you and he's showing you what to do, that gives you way more confidence than somebody that's never represented your school, that's never walked the mile you walked, and didn't turn down Power 5 schools to stay at the University of Hawaii. So all of his resume of what he's done, of what he's seen, that is going to carry so much power in that locker room that I think it'll be one of his biggest tools to get in this brotherhood off the ground and becoming a mantra that could be around for a decade or longer if he wanted to. You know, it's interesting uh, hearing you say, uh, Timmy, it, it sparked something. I got a message the other day uh, or yesterday uh, of someone saying that, or it was a couple of days ago, actually, saying that 
they are concerned uh, with Timmy Chang being known as Timmy Chang still in, in his 40s. And they feel that it, it will, uh, uh, you know, not be he, he won't be taken as seriously with the name Timmy as opposed to Tim. And, and so the I, I, my the way I see it is he's famous because he's Timmy Chang. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's not famous as Tim Chang. And uh, we talk about recruiting and we talk about taking advantage of the name. Um, I feel like Timmy Chang is what is, your, you know, that's what the University of Hawaii football program can take advantage of. And in the conversation of greatest coaches of all time, my selection is always Jimmy Johnson. It's a letter off. And no one, I don't ever remember anyone saying like, Jimmy Johnson, like that sounds silly, right? So, um, you know, does anyone have a, anyone have anything that they, they want to add to that, Sam? I think your mic's off if, if you want to say something. You know, real quick. Yeah, real quick, just uh, the Timmy thing is so funny because last night on the news, I was like, okay, I got to call him Coach Chang. So I tried to mix in Coach Chang with the second time I referenced him and I couldn't even do it. I like stumbled over it. I was like, I can't coach. Ch it just felt so weird because I'm so used to saying Timmy Chang and we all are. And I think that's that's a, a good point of like, we're so used to saying Timmy Chang. That's who he is, right? So I don't think you can get away from that. Um, but it was just, it was weird to say Coach Chang. I was like, oh, this is, this is awkward. <laughs> uh, uh, Christian, one thing I want to ask you about it, all of us, we, we listened to uh, his introductory press conference that was done over Zoom on Saturday. Uh, he talked about uh, his offense. He had mentioned the run and shoot. He had mentioned things that he learned along the way in his coaching career. Um, your thoughts on that? I mean, because I know obviously everyone, uh, or I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people wanted to just hear like, run and shoot, let's go. Like, it's, it's the run and shoot's back, baby. Um, the, the fact that he did mention that, hey, there are other things that I've learned along the way that I want to implement. Like, obviously, I'm a run and shoot guy and uh, the run and shoot will be a part of this offense. But I've learned a lot here over the last decade of coaching. Um, is that something that you welcome? Is that do you think that's a that's a good thing or do you think that it could be scary? Because if you remember, Nick Rolovich got here and did not run the run and shoot when he first came to the University of Hawaii. Uh, through his first two seasons, he had one uh, decent season, one bad season, and then went to the run and shoot and took off and, and took off so much that he took off straight to Pullman, Washington. So, Christian Shimabuku, your thoughts on the offense that Timmy Chang described? Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be one of his first big decisions um, as a head coach is what offense to run. Um but there's also uh, the reality that, you know, there might not be as many people um, that are available to coach it. Um, so I think for him, um, which is the same approach that Nick Rolovich took um, five years ago and not running it right away is, you know, looking at this roster, like, you know, you're a chef and these players are your ingredients and, you know, can I be successful doing this, um, you know, with these ingredients, is this the right roster? Um, and I think there's a sense of not wanting to, fit a square peg in a round hole or however that expression goes. Um, but at least he sounded open to it. I think um, he understood that that is what a lot of fans wanted. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see um, how that goes. I think it all depends on, you know, he hasn't announced himself either, like whether he's going to call the plays. Um, so yeah, I think it all depends on who's willing to help him out as well. You know, is June willing to help him out? I'm sure we'll touch on that later, but um, yeah, I think um, there's just some multitude of factors and, you know, that's the first taste of being a head coach that Timmy Chang got. Um, you got to consider the entire situation instead of, um, you know, just automatically 
um, you know, saying something or, or doing something without uh, the input of other people. Yeah, very well put. And, and you also use the analogy of being a chef and having ingredients. And as the old saying goes, uh, you could say that Timmy Chang being named the head coach uh, is chicken salad. But how we got there had a little bit uh, some other stuff involved. Uh, and so let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, June Jones, obviously, anytime that the University of Hawaii head football coaching position opens up, June Jones will be a name that is screamed from the mountaintops and, and you have a marching band going down the road, you know, celebrating June Jones and, and, and that he should be a considered a prime candidate for the job based on what he was able to accomplish here at the University of Hawaii. I think that we said it last week where 200 years from now, when all of us are no longer here, somehow June Jones still will be, and he will still be considered the number one candidate for the University of Hawaii head football coaching job. And that's what we saw this time around. So let's discuss a little bit about how we got to this point. And so it all starts uh, last week, Monday, where June Jones uh, publicly declared his interest for the head coaching job, which was a little bit different than in previous attempts or in previous opportunities for this job to open up um, where, uh, you know, there wasn't that, that, uh, that, that public display of affection for the job, right? It was kind of behind closed doors and people had to, to guess and speculate whether or not he wanted it and, and eventually did not get it. And so this time was different. He said, I want this job. And then we get to Tuesday and Rich Miano, who may be the second biggest name in regards to the general public, as far as people who should be considered for this University of Hawaii head football coaching job, takes his name out of the running and endorses June Jones and says, okay, I, it's my dream to be the University of Hawaii head football coach, but my mentor June Jones wants this job. I want him to get this job and I will work on his staff. Um, you then move on to Friday and on Friday, June Jones and athletics director for the university of Hawaii, David Matlin, they sit down and, and, and the intention is to sit down and, and to discuss a, a possible contract in coaching the university of Hawaii football team. As we learn the, the offer that was not much of an offer, uh, which started as a two-year contract with uh, with uh, the university having final say on who can and cannot be on his staff, um, is rejected, and and then that's where it goes from there. The University of Hawaii Athletics Department releases a statement via David Matlin, uh, explaining that they couldn't come to terms and they are moving on with the process. Uh, June Jones then comes out and, and describes what happened uh, from his point of view in that meeting is that uh, it was an offer that was impossible to accept and that he's willing to continue negotiations, but it, it needs to be done in a little bit more better faith. Um, and then on Saturday, you have the University of Hawaii via spokesperson Dave, Dan Meisenzal, um explain their side of the hang up between the University of Hawaii and June Jones, which, of course, uh, created tons of headlines and tons of drama. And then shortly after that, it's announced that Timmy Chang is the new head coach at the University of Hawaii. I want to start with you, Sam, because 
you watched this all play out from an interesting standpoint of being a news reporter and anchor uh, and not just in the world of sports. Um, so I, I know it's a lot to digest. I know it's a lot to try and, and talk about right now in, in, in one setting, um, but just uh, your thoughts on, on what took place and um, really, I mean, the offer to June Jones, I don't know if you want to start there. And, and I think the consensus is that it seems that the University of Hawaii had no real intentions of hiring June Jones. So if, if, that's, the, if that's what it was, then why even offer him in the first place? Why even interview him? Why even drag this thing on? If he wasn't the guy, just he's not the guy. And then you make your hire. And, and remember, that's what happened with Nick Rolovich, right? Uh, so your thoughts, Sam, on, on how everything went down. Yeah. And this is just, you know, my thoughts, this isn't saying this is exactly what happened, but just watching, you know, from afar, seeing exactly how this played out. I don't think the university of Hawaii was serious in wanting to hire June Jones, but I think had we had talked about the buzz for June Jones with, uh, with him going public with what he wanted to pursue the university of Hawaii had coaching gig was so strong it's unlike anything I've really ever seen in Hawaii. You know, I've lived here for what, you know, 15 years now. Um, I haven't seen that sort of buzz unite a fan base around one candidate. We've seen a bunch of head coaching searches, right? Uh, we've even seen some where June's name has been thrown around, but it hasn't been this unition, uni, united fan base to, to go behind one candidate. So I think when that was behind June at the time, I think the university most likely thought, okay, we got to figure out a way to deal with this, but continue to move on into in, a candidate that we want. So, yeah, they threw him a, a, a low ball offer. It, I kind of like it to uh, Carlos Correa, right? A free agent shortstop for the Astros. The Astros offered him like $100 million. He's going to get $300 million on the open market. Now, did the Astros want to sign him? No. But they just want to look like, you know, the home team didn't just give him no offer. So, you know, the, the university did say yesterday that he's the, the greatest head coach in, in UH football history, which I, I don't think there's any argument about, right? Bob Wagner was great, but I think June Jones, the greatest coach in UH history. Um, but I don't think they were interested in bringing in the, the UH uh, June Jones package that they had seen in the past where June had a lot of control. That's why I asked Dan Meisenzall yesterday in the press conference, are you willing to hand over the keys to the castle to, to a powerful head football coach? Because that's what happens at a lot of these major universities and not just major universities, just with powerful coaches in general. It can be at non-Power 5 schools. And they're not willing to, to play that game. They don't want to hand over the, the control of the football program, maybe even a lot of the athletics department as far as marketing, et cetera, goes. They don't want to hand that over to Coach Jones. And that's their prerogative. But, um, you know, when you see across the landscape, when you bring in, you know, is, is Coach Jones Nick Saban? No, but is he Nick Saban of Hawaii? Kind of right? He, he's kind of Nick Saban here. And it's this unique, unique situation where he's not going to be that for any other program, but he is for the University of Hawaii based on his past. So I think that's why we saw such a, a huge buildup of support. Coach Jones hadn't had success in applying for the job. He had told you, Rob, that he had applied for the job at the previous two, two openings. Um, but doing so privately, he hadn't had success. So he did so, you know, lobbying for the job. And I don't, I don't really blame him for just saying that he wanted to be the head coach. And I think UH kind of took offense to that, which I thought was weird, but why take offense to the guy? Just, I understand you don't want him to go public, but he's just saying that he wants to be the head coach. He wasn't disparaging UH at all. He's just saying, Hey, I'd love to, I'd love to coach UH. This is how I would do it. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So for them to say that he's got a lack of integrity for saying that he wants to be the head coach, the greatest head coach you guys profess is the greatest head coach in the university's history. Like you don't have to disparage him by saying he lacks integrity for saying that out loud. Yeah, it, it, it's very 
it's very mind-boggling just just how everything played out and how everything really happened because you know you mentioned the the uprising of support and 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 we had talked about it that really i i think over the last two weeks and now the first week of that was extremely negative right and that was with the state senate hearing and and you know and the the accusations against todd graham and, and the way that he handled um, being the head coach of the University of Hawaii and the way he behaved, uh, what players are, are um, you know, accusing him of, that generated a ton of, of conversation about University of Hawaii football. And, and you can make the argument that probably more people were talking about University of Hawaii football a couple of weeks ago than they were for the previous few years, right? Then you add to this, where then it was like this flip, where it's like this, uprising of positive talk of like let's get june jones back here and let's get let's put this show together let's get the gang back together let's do this one more time i mean you had clothing companies in hawaii already making june jones t-shirts right high life had the jonesing shirt i saw other ones with you know uh let june uh june would throw and you know and everything right and, and so that created another buzz, but a little bit more of on a positive side of, of, of optimism and of excitement for UH football. Um, and then this happens. And so, uh, Christian, can, you know, obviously there's going to be some people that were extremely interested over the last five days because they thought that June Jones is coming back to the University of Hawaii. What you get instead is one of June's former quarterbacks who publicly said that he would like June to be a part of this. Uh, June said last night that June would not be on the staff, um, but hey, yeah, well, I'll talk about it and see how I can help. Right. And so maybe that's a, a, an ambassador position. Maybe that's in a consultant position. I mean, we see that all the time in the national football league. I mean, Jesse Sapolu, uh, one of the greats in university of Hawaii football history is an ambassador for the San Francisco 49ers and has been for many, many years. And so maybe there's a, a chance that there's a, a, an open door for June Jones to be a part of the Timmy Chang era in some capacity. But do you think that despite how everything went, can the University of Hawaii football team still kind of hold on to some of this interest? Or do you think once June Jones is out of the conversation of being the head coach, that it has fizzled out and there are concerns yet again about how much interest there is in UH football once they kick off on August 27th against Vanderbilt. Yeah, you know, um, I think one thing I do want to say is, you know, I will credit the UH fan base, uh, you know, for their maturity uh, when Timmy was hired because I think it was shaping up yesterday to where if it was anyone other than June, there would be a ton of backlash um, just because of how much support there was for him, right? Um, but um, when Timmy got the job, um, you know, for the common fan that, you know, maybe didn't see it coming, um, you know, there still was a lot of support and there still was, um, you know, some nostalgia involved that, you know, this is, you know, one of the, the second greatest uh, Hawaii quarterback of all time behind Colt. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, uh, UH did take, you know, kind of the scenic route to get to Timmy. Um, you know, there's a couple parts of the journey that you probably could have cut out. Um, you know, looking back at the the Hawaii Twitter this morning, the the football team, um, I should have kind of known that it wasn't going to be June when they put out that graphic um, saying that, you know, they interviewed him and offered him the job. And so I think it would have been really tough to offer June the job 
um, you know, after seeing that tweet or those two tweets in succession. Um, but yeah, I mean, from what I've seen, uh, UH fans have been supportive of Timmy. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the really exciting part is that uh, he's really young at 40. Um, June Jones is the most winningest coach at 76 wins. I think that's a bar that, you know, Timmy can try to, to reach for and a bar that's realistic for him. Uh, every coach that UH has had has either, um, you know, had some success here and left, like Dick Tomey and June and Rolo, or they came here and couldn't get it done, like, um, you know, like Norm Chow and, you know, Todd Graham before uh, Timmy got the job. So, you know, 10 years from now, Timmy will be 50, which is still not as old as, you know, a bunch of college head coaches nowadays. So we'll see. I think the the biggest um, measure of his success or one of them is going to be longevity. You know, how long is he going to have this job? And, you know, he got this job at a really young age um, compared to some of his peers. So um, it'll be a really interesting uh, journey and one that could be really long, you know, decades. Yeah, and, and RJ, the an interesting thing that I, I just thought of is the the legend of June Jones. And obviously, June is someone that coached before you got here. I'm sure that as soon as you got here, you quickly learned about the legend of June Jones and what he means to this program and the things that he did for this football team and the heights that he took this football team. I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, 12 and 0 sugar bowl appearance uh, in the BCS era. I mean, there's, there's no, not much bigger you could do uh, for a, a non-power five school. And so in a weird way, this drama that unfolded, even though he's not the university of Hawaii head football coach again, I think the legend grew even more, right? The legend of June Jones, I mean, I think he has more support and more appreciation and love than maybe he's ever had before. And, and so whether he never coaches at the University of Hawaii ever again, um, this was kind of like that last big push to remind everybody of how special of a talent and how, and how special of a personality uh, June Jones is. And so do you kind of get a sense of that is that, hey, you know, he didn't get the job he wanted. Obviously, from all the, the the pieces of the puzzle we put together, the University of Hawaii, you know, didn't give him the job in which they did not want to give him the job. Yet, at the end of the day, the University of Hawaii is forever attached to June Jones and the legend of June Jones just grew. So in a way, I mean, they're, everybody grew this past week amid the ugliness. Uh, I would say so. And, uh, you know, even though it was somewhat of a growth, I believe, in the legend, um, I might be the only one thinking this way, but I, it's it's just June Jones is such a legend that I feel like if you played for this university, if you coach for this university, if you did anything for this university after June Jones was there, it's almost irrelevant. I mean, you talk about the, the 2019 team that, that won 10 games, that went to the Mountain West Conference Championship, that, you know, had Cole McDonald getting, you know, his national recognition for the Blonde Dreads, and he had the Islands tattooed on his forearm. So every time he goes up to do his cadence, you see the Islands of Hawaii. I feel like, you know, Chris guys like Chris Gant and Cody Afusia and Ben Clark and Brian Moniz and all these great players that came after June Jones I feel like the reason that they're not as known as they are is because they weren't a part of that June Jones era. Even with the fans, I feel like a lot of them stopped paying attention once June left 
And when his name got brought back up again, they just went right back to that BCS, that Sugar Bowl, that undefeated feeling. I mean, there's been some fans that have asked me, multiple fans that have asked me, if I played with Timmy Chang. Timmy Chang was there over a decade before I was. He was a part of the June Jones era, so everybody knows his name. Everybody remembers that time of the University of Hawaii football, but I don't think people realize there was a whole decade after. So, yes, the legend of June Jones will live forever for the University of Hawaii. It definitely got bigger when you've seen the public outcry, when you've seen possibly one of the best candidates in Rich Miano withdraw his name just to be a supporter of June Jones. But I feel like with what's been attached to June Jones now, with what's going on with a him versus the university, I feel like it's going to create a wedge where a lot of those fans that attach themselves to, that attach themselves to the greatness of June Jones, to the legend of June Jones, if he's not a part of this university, they will also not be a part of this university. So make no mistake about it. June Jones is the Nick Saban of Hawaii. Winning is coach of all time. You got multiple, you know, all-time greats that have played underneath you and your name still rings bells. But I do feel like that legend has gotten so big that at this point, it's big enough to clash with the University of Hawaii by itself. And my biggest concern is if June doesn't come back to be an ambassador, if he doesn't come back to be on the staff, then all of those people that attach themselves to that legend that were fans of him, I don't see them supporting the program anymore. And to me, that is the biggest concern of the legend of June Jones. Make no mistake about it. He's a legend, always will be. 100 years from now, he'll be a legend. But my concern is between the rift that was caused with June Jones and the University of Hawaii, fans, alum, and everybody in between are now being forced to pick sides. And if June Jones doesn't come back to, you know, kind of alleviate this tension that they have, I feel like it could be a scary prospect for, you know, a lot of those people that attach themselves to the June Jones era. Sam, your thoughts on what RJ just said? Yeah, I, I think RJ's dead on. I tell you what scares me about that, just as a, a UH alumni and somebody who cares about the athletic department specifically, but especially the university, is we saw the team reach a lot of success in 2019, and it was a fun team. You know, Nick Rolovich had hit all the, the right spots as far as, Live Aloha Play Warrior had regalvanized the community. Um, he did a bunch of community service. He was out there in the public. Uh, he had a fun team. Cole McDonald, Shevin Cordero, you know, Shevin coming in to, to save games basically at the end of games. It was a really fun team. Gone to the Mountain West Conference Championship game and then played BYU in a bowl game at home. And what was the attendance for that, Rob? It was like 20... 2000 something like that, Is that uh, i think it was more than that i think that the san diego that. state game was the the low attended game yeah. that, that you're thinking of I, I think the the hawaii bowl um was probably the biggest attendance of the season i i think if i'm not mistaken but um but it, it's the game that would have led them to the mountain west conference championship game was the one that i think took yeah. everyone by a surprise and was like, well, where is everybody? This is like the biggest game the University of Hawaii football team has played in in a decade. Yeah, it, but the bowl game was not spectacularly attended as well, right? It, it, again, back 10 years prior to that, you, that would have been a sellout, right? That would have been a sellout of Aloha State, especially playing your arch rival BYU, a game they win. And so um, that does scare me, the, uh, the, the apathy of the fan base. And I think the only way that that would have been turned around instantaneously would have been to, to hire June Jones. And I'll give you an example, right? 
in television, we have a, a target audience. A lot of times it's, you know, just normal local families. And so I think my wife falls into that category. She's a UH alumnus, uh, went to the school, was there when June Jones was doing his thing, 2006, 2007. When there was, you know, June talking about, I'd like to be head coach. She said, oh, June's going to come back. That'd be so much fun to go to games. You know, I work at Saturday night, so I don't get to go to the games and she can take our kids to the games. Um, she's like, I can't wait to go to games. That'll be so much fun. And then Timmy was hired and she, she likes Timmy Chang. She's like, oh, that's nice. You know, that's, that's kind of the, the feeling. And that's what I think UH has to be concerned about is, is how do you stop apathy from setting in within the people of Hawaii, especially those target audience, right? UH alums that are now moving on to their professional career that are going to be your ticket buyers, that are going to be your donors, that are going to take their kids to be the next generation of UH fans. How do you keep them involved? And I'm not saying Timmy can't do that, but he's got a long road ahead of him to do that. Whereas June, I think it was right out in front of them. Yeah, and you're absolutely right, by the way. And I apologize for even attempting to, to steer you otherwise. 22,000 was the attendance for the Hawaii Bowl against BYU. So um, yet again, Sam Spangler is smarter and more handsome and a better friend and, and everything Very than lucky. I am. Very lucky with that guess. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> uh, Christian, um, yeah, your thoughts on that as far as the – how does the University of Hawaii and and really I, I almost want to remove the University of Hawaii, right? Because obviously that, you know, when you say the University of Hawaii, that's Athletics Director David Matlin and and you know the negotiation tactics that that he chose to go with with June Jones. And so you I almost feel like you have to remove the University of Hawaii and say, what does Timmy Chang and his staff that he's going to be bringing in and the players in the locker room and the supporters and the supporters of Timmy Chang, right? The St. Louis uh, school uh, brotherhood and, and the, the people that Timmy Chang has support from, what do they need to do in order to try to avoid the disappointment of it not being June Jones? And as you guys all so well put is that, you know, you don't see disappointment that is Timmy Chang. It's more dis appointment that it's not June Jones and so what can be done to try and offset that I mean obviously outside of going uh 40 and 0 over the next uh you know three and a half years yeah um it's interesting because um you know I talked to some of his former coaches and teammates at St. Louis and you know they did express that that St. Louis brotherhood um sentiment where you know they want to help him in any way that they can and I think Timmy's going to need all the help that he can get um wherever. And that's not an insult. It's just, you know, how it is. Um, I think it will be a village approach. Um, you know, Sam noted, uh, it's going to take alumni um, and fans uh, to get this thing going. And I think the sentiment that June um, put off at the uh, Polynesian Bowl yesterday is that, um, you know, that it's, there's no hard feelings towards Timmy. It's that he'll help Timmy. He just won't help the university, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, um, not trying to go too deep into that, but um, as Rod York so eloquently put it in the Senate hearing, there are two sides to every story. And so June said his piece about the university, the university said their piece about June. Um, so um, that relationship, uh, you know, was ugly before June even got the job or if he was gonna get it. So um, that's gonna be something that's gonna have to be monitored as well for Timmy. Cause, you know, Timmy openly said that you know, he reveres June. June's the guy that brought him in and he played for him. So um, I think there will still be a relationship between June and Timmy. It's just um, something that's probably just going to be them talking to each other and not 
June doing anything official for the university. But um, in terms of, yeah, the community help that, that Timmy can get, um, I think he will get a lot of it from the jump just because he is um, born and raised and rooted here. And so I think that's a, a big advantage for him. Yeah, and I kind of want to give all you guys an opportunity, um, you know, and, and I won't jump in. And so we'll start with you, Sam. RJ, you can follow and Christian, you could jump in because I don't want to steer you guys in any way or or even get off topic um, um, because I tend to do that sometimes because, you know, I something pops into my head. Um, but so where does the, where does this where where does this go from here? Right. So we know who the coach is. It is Timmy Chang. We know what his values are. We know what his vision is for the program. We know what's important to him. We know a little bit about offense, uh, you know, as far as uh, what he has in mind. Um, we don't know the staff yet. We don't know the recruiting class yet. And these are things that we're going to learn here over the next week and a uh, week and a half. But from right here, where can this go? Where do you expect it to go? And the overall sense of the state of the state of Hawaii's premier sporting team, Sam. Well, where I expect it to go is I expect Timmy to hire a, a good coaching staff. And I think that he has enough good relationships. He, he's a he's a really, really friendly guy. And, and I think that there's going to be a lot of people that want to work with him. So I think that's number one is surround yourself with a, a bunch of experience and a, and a bunch of people that are going to be able to uh, execute his vision. And I think the next thing that's going to have to be done is winning back over not only just the, the fan base, because I think that's going to take a while, but I think it's winning back over power brokers within our community, um, the, the people in the, the Senate, the, the mayor, right? All, all these people to, to win back over onto his side to, to throw their support behind the program, because for Timmy to have success, he's going to have to have the program funded to set him up for success, right? And so is it going to be, you know, a power five program as far as funding wise? No, but it's going to have to be competitive within the Mountain West, at least for his assistant coaches, for his recruiting budget, for the, the meals on campus, for everything for this program to, to have success, for the weight room, right? To the For the weight room to not be uh, saturated with water. And that happened for a couple months. Like these guys got to be able to get in the weight room, basically any chance they can. So, so these little details are going to have to be ironed out for Timmy to be successful. Um, but I think that that's going to start with ironing out all these relationships with, with politicians and power brokers, first and foremost. Uh, I definitely can't say what, what is going to expect to happen. I don't feel like I've even been around long enough to, to expect anything. But I can say what I believe needs to happen. And for me, it's just the passion and energy. It's getting people excited again to come to these games when they do happen. Make no mistake about it. You still got to win. You still got to, you know, compete. You still got to be competitive. But when Nick Rolovich first got here, and I know I keep using him as a reference, but it was a reference because I played there. The first thing he did when we had a team meeting was read a war story to us in the dark with a headlamp on. Like, Bro, what is with this guy? He is off his rocker. He's not okay. My uncle called me a month after Nick Rolovich got here saying, boy, I just saw you on ESPN Top 10. We're not even in season. What'd I do? We had a water balloon fight. Coach Chris almost killed everybody on the golf cart, but that was one of the most amazing experiences of my entire collegiate career. There was Defend Pride Rock. He dressed up as a clown. He did all this other stuff and had players going to people's houses individually to give out season tickets 
If I'm Timmy Chang, I'm coming into this with my whole chest. If June Jones wants to be a part of this, that's great. But there is a, a very, very important saying that I use in my life that eventually one day your idols will become your rivals. And you can be a good competitive rival where you're with each other and, hey, you do your thing, I do mine. But if not, I'll go win 76 games. I'll go take us back to BCS, you know, top tierness. I'll do it by myself if I don't have the support of anybody else. Your middle name is Kalei Okaina Ava. Bruh, you are Hawaii. At the end of the day, this is your job. This is your position. So you step up, you have that passion, and come August of next year, people should be beating down the doors to get one of those 9,000 tickets that will allow you in T.C. Ching. Other than that, I don't know what to expect, but I know for me, I'm going to get everybody so excited for August that I don't care if Alabama's our first game. We're going to sell out and people are going to expect something from my team and my program if I'm Timmy Chang. I think Sam Spangler right now, I just saw him bring out some paperwork. He's seeing if he has any eligibility left uh, based on his University of Hawaii uh, scholarship because he left early, remember, to, to go to pro baseball. And so, RJ, I think, uh, I, I think you're on to something there. And, and, and if Timmy Chang's looking for more ambassadors uh, for the University of Hawaii, how did I really put a fire emoji on the screen? <laughs> how, do you, how do you even do I that? I didn't do that. I didn't know you could do that. How does... <laughs> Oh my dude. Okay. I take back what I said about everything. His first move is just hire RJ as the, the team motivator and that's it. That's all you need, man. All right, Christian. Uh, I don't know if you have anything to add or if you just want to put more emojis on your screen, but the floor is yours, my brother. Yeah. Um, what's the role Matthew McConaughey plays for Texas. I think RJ would do that awesomely for Hawaii. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, I think um, it's been a really long nine days. It's hard to believe that that's only what it's been. And so I think uh, the most important thing is this is a really positive development for UH football. And, um, you know, th things with Todd Graham, you know, did run its course at UH, even though it was two years. And, you know, it's going really stale. Guys were decommitting, um, transferring to other schools. And so... Yeah, I think the main thing is just that this is a fresh start for everyone. Um, you know, as as much uh, search fatigue as, you know, all four of us may have right now, um, it's over. Um, this is the new page that we're turning um, starting today, or I think starting yesterday, I guess. But yeah, and so, you know, RJ put it perfectly. Um, I would just play what he said. Uh, you know, Timmy, I think for Timmy, it's just to, his thing is just to dive in. Like, there's so much to do. Do it with your chest, like RJ said. And let's go. This is a 24 seven, 365 type of job. And, you know, this is Timmy Chang in his home state um, at his home school. So let's go. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome stuff, guys. And, and of course, you know, there will be along for the ride and there's so much to, to see how this all uh, unfolds. And, and like we said, it's hitting the ground running. You have one week, one week of recruiting uh, to build your first recruiting class at the University of Hawaii with a uh, National Letter of Intent signing day set for February 2nd. Uh, I imagine that over the next few days, uh, probably starting Wednesday, because you imagine it's still a state job, right, for assistant coaches. And so you still need to go through that same process that the head coach needs to go through in order to be selected. And so I imagine come 
the end of the week. We're going to start learning who is on this coaching staff. I'm sure that recruits will already know who's on that coaching staff um, because they need to be recruited at this point. But we'll start to learn a little bit more as the week goes on. And we'll be following this ride of the Timmy Chang era starting here at the University of Hawaii. Truth be told, um, I've pushed uh, my vacation back two weeks uh, because, you know, at the end of cover two season, it was like, OK, guys, I'm going to vacation. Don't call me. I'm turning my phone off. And then, no, that, that wasn't happening. So it got pushed back one week. It got pushed back another week. And then so maybe I'll take some some time off here uh, next week. So I don't expect the Bose football final. OK, people don't uh, don't hold your breath. Uh, Does your phone football. even work still, Rob? <laughs> I know it was like hot all week. It was like overuse. It was like on fire. It was like Christian's emoji. Does it still work? No, my phone melted. And, and uh, yeah, so it's now just a uh, just it looks like Play-Doh right now. But uh, <laughs> with the Christian, with the emojis, I love it. Um, but we'll see how this all plays out. And we really enjoyed uh, or I really enjoyed having you guys here on Bose Football Final. This is something that we'll continue to do um, throughout with that being said, uh, very excited that when it's time uh, to have Rich Miano back on Bo's Football Final, the OG, um, I know that uh, it was, uh, you know, the right thing to do to not bring him on to Bo's Football Final during that process with his name being such a prominent name throughout it. And so hopefully as we get closer to next season, we'll have uh, uh, the, the the living legend back here on Bo's Football Final. But uh, Sam, RJ, Christian, thank you guys so much. And thank you everybody for listening. Thanks for the support, as always. And if you haven't already, subscribe on Spotify, on Apple, on Google Podcasts, on wherever it is that you get your podcast. Subscribe to Bose Football Final. Uh, you can also follow all of us on social media, and, and we'll be letting you know when Bose Football Final and, and the emojis on the screen are getting out of control. I'm, I'm the only person who hasn't figured out how to do this yet, and uh, but that's, that, that's okay. I'm, I'm going to let you guys be the emoji guys. So uh, appreciate everybody. Much mahalo. Have a great week. And we'll be back at some point after I'm rested here on Bo's Football Final. Aloha. <laughs>